0: Rachel, you know what I'm craving right now? What? Some good ice cream.
1: Mmm, not for me. What? (laughs) I'm lactose intolerant. You're lactose intolerant? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is sad. It is sad. But I can't have ice cream unless I take my special pills. Mm. Does it work pretty
0: well for you? Because I know some people have like variable responses with the pills
1: it does i take two when i eat ice cream because like milk is really hard on me have you tried like the lactose
0: intolerant stuff like the not lactose the lactose free stuff
1: oh yeah the lactose free stuff is fine um but does it taste as good the ice cream isn't quite the same the milk is fine and you know my roommate buys like lactose free milk for me and everything she's very sweet but um, yeah the ice cream I don't think they've quite nailed that yet
0: (laughs) yeah I feel like you can't really make full fat ice cream anyway but full fat for it to taste good oh it's just not the same Mm -mm. (laughs)
1: Unfortunately, I'm all too familiar with the symptoms of lactose intolerance. Uh, If a person with lactose intolerance eats anything with lots of lactose in it, such as milk or ice cream like we were talking about, uh, this can cause a lot of tummy trouble, including bloating, gas, and diarrhea. Why can't
0: lactose intolerant people eat these milk and dairy products?
1: Individuals with lactose intolerance cannot produce enough of this enzyme, which is called lactase. So remember that enzymes are special proteins that can catalyze chemical reactions in the body. And in the case of lactase, its job is to break down lactose, which is a sugar found in milk.
0: So how does not being able to break down lactose
1: cause these symptoms? The symptoms are actually caused by something called lactose malabsorption, which happens in your small intestine, the typical site of lactose breakdown. So, if you can't break down lactose, your small intestines can't absorb the sugars. And this lactose continues to pass through your digestive system. But you know what else exists, especially in your colon? Bacteria. So, these little scavengers are going to welcome that lactose that you've discarded. And when the bacteria start breaking down lactose, it actually creates a lot of gas and fluid, and this can lead to the symptoms. Ah,
0: because bacteria love sugar, so they are happy happy to get anything with sugar. They have a field day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So why can't some people produce enough lactase? Like, this seems pretty important. If you're going to consume milk products and you don't want the bacteria to have a field day, you need to have something to break those milk products down.
1: So the funny thing is that only some people can break lactose down about... 40% of people can do this, and we're not really supposed to be able to break down lactose. In fact, humans are the only mammals that drink milk past breastfeeding age. But back to your original question, why can't some people produce enough lactase? Well, there are four reasons why, and two of them are genetic. The other two are environmental. So the genetic causes for why you wouldn't be able to produce enough lactase are called Lactase non-persistence and congenital lactase deficiency.
0: So if I'm interpreting lactase non-persistence correctly, that means that you don't have lactase that's persisting over the course of your life, so you lose your ability
1: to break down lactose. Exactly. As development progresses, as you get older, you simply stop making lactase.
0: And I guess that makes sense, since you wouldn't technically need lactase after you finish breastfeeding, because if you're not getting milk anymore, there's no need to break it down. But why do some people actually continue
1: to make lactase? It all relates to the actual gene that encodes lactase, which is the LCT gene. So there are many different alleles or versions of this gene. In general, the common version leads to this downregulation or decrease in the production of lactase. Lactose-intolerant people are recessive for this allele, meaning that they have two copies of this most common version. Now, there are point mutations in LCT that lead to persistent expression past breastfeeding age. But what's actually fascinating about these mutations is they don't even occur in the protein coding part of the gene at all.
0: We know that genes are huge stretches of DNA and that there are many parts of them that are critical, but don't actually include instructions for making the actual protein instead there are sections that can control when the gene is turned on or turned off or even control how the gene is translated into protein and we know that genes can be translated into many different proteins so you have a, basically you have a lot of places where the gene can be regulated that may or may not contribute to the protein function but what's interesting with the LCT gene is these mutations they're finding that are leading to persistence in lactase expression, these are in the places where it does not code for functional protein. So it's these regulatory mutations that are affecting the protein.
1: Exactly. And scientists speculate that these mutations actually co-evolve with our dependence on dairy animals, something that was particularly strong in European populations, which are known to have much higher prevalence of lactose tolerance right cuz i think in the asian populations most of
0: them cannot tolerate milk if i'm if i'm thinking correctly
1: yeah i think 90%
0: wow so what is the other genetic cause of lactose intolerance
1: so the second type is much more rare and it's called congenital lactase deficiency so this is caused by mutations in the protein coding part of the lct gene and the difference is that these mutations lead to complete loss of function of the lactase enzyme. So in this case, you can't make the enzyme at all, even in childhood, where we should be able to make it. And the Or the version of the enzyme that you work doesn't work properly, so you lose that function completely. Either way, the result is that you can never break down lactose, which, as you can imagine, can be very dangerous Uh There are also environmental factors that can contribute to lactose intolerance, too, though.
0: Some of these factors include
1: injury to the small
0: intestine, which can lead to a decrease in the production of lactase. Injuries can include Crohn's disease, celiac disease, surgeries, or radiation And a last environmental factor that can cause lactose intolerance is premature birth. Although this type of intolerance is normally temporary, and the small intestine typically starts producing lactase as the baby gets older, kind of like almost a trauma situation. But we do see a lot of times that people become lactose intolerant later in life, and you may be wondering, well, how is this the case? And I know for you, Rachel, you mentioned that you noticed this change in college,
1: yeah, definitely. So these mutations aren't black and white, nor are they existing in a vacuum. There are at least four different mutations that have been identified in that regulatory region of the LCT genes. So some of the gene- mutations, some of the mutations may increase gene expression more than others. That means that depending on the mutation, you might make a little more lactase or a lot more. And remember that this is counterintuitive because the mutations in the regulatory element actually allow you to maintain lactase expression later in life when you should be turning it off. So individuals may be heterozygous for these mutations, meaning that they have one common version where you can't make lactase later in life and one mutated version. This leaves them with a partial tolerance um, so beyond mutations in the LCT gene, the rest of your individual genetic background can also contribute to when the symptoms arise as well. So with how
0: Rachel's describing this, we can almost think of this like a, like a water faucet. So you can have your cold and your hot, but there's so many different places in between. And when we think of lactase expression, and if you have a lot of lactase or a little lactase, we're kind of at that in-between points. So a lot of these mutations affect how cold or how hot the water can be not exactly if it's just cold or just hot
1: exactly but then there could be other factors that affect it too like how big is your hot water heater <laughs>
0: <laughs> how much do you have to pay for your hot water
1: <laughs> how much has your roommate been using her hot water <laughs> <laughs> just kidding Jale. i love you
0: <laughs> so in a previous episode actually last week's episode we talked about food allergies and it's important to point out again that lactose intolerance is not the same as a food
1: allergy which involves an immune response correct as you can see from our explanation of the genetics this has nothing to do with your immune system it's all about the lct gene
0: rachel how are you diagnosed with lactose intolerance
1: self-diagnose
0: that makes sense i'm sure yes. you have a bowl of ice cream without a lactase pill not a good time
1: yeah they say 30 minutes to two hours and i find that that is right on the mark <laughs> but um there are ways if you're not able to self-diagnose it um there are ways to diagnose lactose intolerance so the testing for this actually really surprised me i i Assumed that they would be like sequencing your DNA and trying to find the mutation in the LCT gene, but this is not the case.
0: Yeah, I feel like that wouldn't be that hard to do, like a quick diagnostic test. But what did they make? What did they do instead?
1: They make you drink milk. No, (laughs) I know this guy seems a little cruel. Um, (laughs) but no, they don't do it all for nothing. the The point is, they make you drink the milk. And then afterwards, they take a blood sample and measure your blood glucose levels. Now, the logic behind this is that if you can break down that lactose into its basic units, which are glucose and galactose, your, your body should be able to absorb those, and then your blood glucose levels should increase. So if your blood glucose levels don't increase after that test, then you may be lactose intolerant.
0: And they'll also be telling you, you probably need to stay by the toilet for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess that makes sense, and it's probably a lot cheaper than sequencing, but that's not that's not pleasant. No, I can't imagine it is.
1: After hearing that, I was like, yep, definitely don't want to go over that test. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not the only way they can detect it, of course. Another thing that happens in your body when you can't break down lactose is that uh, there's this production of gases in your colon. So apparently doctors can detect these gases, namely hydrogen, on your breath.
0: Huh. That's pretty crazy, but I assume that also probably involves
1: ingesting lactose. Oh, yeah. You have to drink the milk first. Uh, well, they say, like, drinking a lactose beverage. I'm assuming that's milk. That would make the most... A-
0: or a milkshake, yeah. but then you'd probably never want to drink a milkshake again, so...
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, Of course, there's also the option of a genetic test, which to me is the most definitive and the most humane, but... Hey.
0: <laughs> yeah, 23andMe does test for lactose intolerance, and I think I tested negative because I'm not lactose intolerant, but it would be interesting over the years getting the test done and seeing if that changes.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, because Also, a lot of people think they are lactose intolerant, and they actually aren't because, like, the symptoms are very similar to irritable bowel syndrome Um, And just like other things in your diet can irritate your stomach in similar ways to lactose, um, like caffeine and spicy stuff. And even stress. I've noticed stress has a huge effect on how my body
0: digests food. If I'm really stressed, I get
1: bad stomach aches. Definitely. And that's one of the reasons why I wondered if it didn't like show up till college for me, like maybe having a partial intolerance, but also like more stress as the work gets more intense. So are there any current treatments for lactose intolerance? Well, sadly, the most effective treatment is to avoid lactose-containing food like the plague, but, I mean, come on. I gotta have my ice cream. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Are there any other alternatives to dietary
0: restrictions?
1: Yeah. So they make these tablets you can take, which basically contain that lactase enzyme. And if you take these at the same time as you're eating your food, it can greatly improve your digestion of lactose. Although some people find it helpful to just decrease the amount of dairy um, in their diet. Maybe maybe not completely cutting it out, but... Um, just kind of like reducing. So even for me, I find a small amounts of cheese and like pizza and stuff don't really bother me. Whereas milk and ice cream like really end in disaster. (laughs) (laughs) And this makes sense because milk is incredibly rich in lactose. There's about um, 4% lactose. So four grams per hundred milliliters for you number of people out there. Um, That's pretty high, but I mean, cutting out dairy entirely can really have some consequences.
0: That's really true. Rachel and I are reading a book about vitamins right now, which, as we mentioned in the last podcast, will be a future podcast. Shout out to Nancy for that book. And we learned that one of our main sources of vitamin C in, as infants is actually breast milk. Not getting enough vitamin C, as many of you know, can lead to very severe consequences, such as scurvy. And this may sound like a sailor's disease of the past, but it also has happened on land. In fact, in the early 1900s, many infants started developing scurvy because people were feeding them cow's milk, which is boiled during pasteurization. And unintentionally, this boiling denatured the vitamin C, leading to a major uptick in cases of scurvy.
1: So in adults, milk is also an important source of calcium and vitamin D. The good news is that you can obtain calcium from other food options, including broccoli, beans, tofu, and soy milk. And
0: there's other sources as well, uh, like fatty fish, beef liver, and eggs. Or you can even take some supplements, but as we'll talk about in a later podcast, you might not want to do that. Mm -mm.
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know maybe this has no scientific bagging but like i'm a big believer in like intuitive eating
0: oh me too i've gotten like i've gotten much more into that in the past year because i did i mean i still track macros right now Uh so like carbs proteins fats but when i listen to my body like the more i'm aware the more i'm like oh i'm not hungry right now or i just want to eat something to eat something or i probably should drink more water but that comes so much i think of training your body over time.